This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Um, Kyle and I are going to continue on our theme of talking about whole life insurance from last week. So a little different perspective this time, though. Yeah, we're going to be going over a policy that um, one of our clients, um, I guess a policy illustration that he received from a different company and a different agent, and just kind of going to give our thoughts on it and just like why we don't think it makes a lot of sense. Right. And I mean, this just goes to show, I think we had an episode early on where we talked about whole life insurance is not whole life insurance, meaning that there di- there's different ways to do this. Mm-hmm. In the long run, things are going to work out okay for you no matter what you do, but there's better ways to do it. There's better ways to accomplish accumulating cash value and buying death benefit. Sure. And this is a little more focused on the death benefit side. So... A little yeah. different than what we what we mainly focus on ourselves, but it's also important because if you can buy, I mean, if you're buying discounted dollars, I mean, that's worth something. Absolutely. So let's jump into this thing, okay? Um, this is a male. Um, they're in their 60s, and it's a standard non-tobacco case. Um, the illustration was a a 15-pay whole life policy and dividend-paying whole life insurance. So um, that's good. Um, Limited pay can be good, can be not so good. In this case, uh, Kyle and I are going to explain why we don't think this one is that great. Yeah. And it's like anything else we say. You You can't speak in absolutes. Like we can't, we're not going to go out there and say, oh yeah, these limited pays, these 10 pays, they're not good. Don't ever do them. Because we have done 10 pays before on older people, which have worked out well. So they can make a ton of sense. Yes. It's just, it has to be the right situation, the right product, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and, and not all limited pay products are the same from all companies. And not all insurance companies are created equal. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So. This this illustration assumed, okay, it's 15 pay whole life. It assumed um, paying $10,000 a year for 15 years. And then at that point in time, the policy is paid up. Um, so this policy, we're focusing on death benefit. Um, and there is no cash value in the first year of this policy. Um, but there's $176,212 of death benefit. My argument here is if our focus is on death benefit, Kyle, mm-hmm. instead of using a 15-pay whole life policy, if we use a more traditional product like um, a product where you can pay till you're 95 years old or 100 or 121, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot more death benefit for that same $10,000 premium. Sure. Uh, one caveat to that is... In a limited pay product, you know 
exactly how much death benefit that you will have at the end of that limited pay period. Yeah. Um, so if that is like you're buying a policy because you have to have that much death benefit, this product guarantees you what you will have at that point in time. And uh, maybe another downfall to limited limited pay is most of the time it's not quite as flexible as um, traditional. If 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 we add if we blend it with PU the traditional with PUAs, so I mean depending on company again. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that just things to be aware of. And so, Kyle and I did a ran a scenario earlier. Uh, before this podcast, you could have between around sixty and eighty thousand more dollars of death benefit for the same amount of premium. Um, that's pretty significant to have that much more coverage for that same amount of premium for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Now, given if you're trying to execute the same strategy with that longer term traditional product, at some point in time, it when you reduce pay that up it may have less death benefit than what the limited pay product has. Mm-hmm. And again, um, this is something that Kyle and I don't do a lot of. Um, we truly really focus on designing policies for cash value because of how many more options they have. Yeah. Um, but it's just something to be aware of. And so here's the biggest thing. The biggest thing that caught my eye when I looked at this, Kyle, is this policy becomes paid up at year 15. It's still, um, based on the non-guarantees, it has $139,792, and it has $150,000 paid in. And in year 17, this policy has more cash value than it has cost basis. So you've eclipsed the $150,000. Mm-hmm. But... At the same time, you can't even pay into this policy anymore when it's getting up and going, starting to really cruise along. Yeah, that's that's a huge problem. And so why not have a traditional product where you can continue to warehouse money here? Even though the focus was death benefit, that's okay. But give yourself that option in the future. Yeah, and that, that kind of for us goes more towards like we have to meet people where they're at and some people maybe they just don't they see the benefit but they don't or it makes them nervous that they maybe have to pay in more than 10 years or whatever and they like that 10 years is more comfortable for them to pay in or they like that guarantee yes guaranteed paid up in 10 years yes and maybe they just received an inheritance and they're going to put it into that window and they don't know what the financial situation is going to look like after that inheritance has been put into the policy. I mean, so yeah, there's, you know, it's just like anything else. You just have to. And I'm going to be devil's advocate right here and say, well, what if instead of doing this policy all base, what if we did even a 50, 50 split? Maybe we got more aggressive than that. Maybe not. Uh, and they had the option to continue funding it, maybe even at that reduced amount, so 5000 because they don't know the future mm-hmm. after that. Or they have the ability to continue funding it up to the $10,000 mark, or we can reduce pay it up or premium offset the policy. I think that's 
<laughs> the better option, <laughs> for sure. Just playing devil's advocate, but I completely understand where you're coming from. With I that. mean, we're not, we don't like to tell people what to do. Our job is not to, <laughs> and our job is not to persuade you that this is a good thing. Like, we're here to teach how, how to do it and then implement it, help you implement it. Like, you kind of have to arrive at this that you think this is a good idea on your own. Absolutely. I mean, take our own cases, for instance. I mean, seven months of learning on our own, actively learning. And and when I say seven months, it wasn't read a book a week, um, you know, and then take a couple months off, listen to a podcast. (laughs) I mean, it was read a book a week, listening to podcasts, through that entire time without taking breaks yeah, to arrive at the conclusion that, wow, this makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. It was an insane amount of hours and that's, I mean, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to do that. Um, but I think it's definitely worth it to, to vet it. Yes. You absolutely need to vet it. So you don't have questions about it later on. That was our whole deal. And then, yeah, we decided, Hey, we need to make a business out of this because we've, we understand it. We get it. It's important. And nobody, seems to really know about it and so. this this has the ability to help people achieve whatever they want to in life and then we can also bring some dis- different perspectives than what traditional agents bring like what we're talking about right here i mean there wasn't a thought of this when they, when our client was given this option here like there wasn't a thought of paying in longer having a you know a, a traditional policy it was like 10 pages are easy to sell so that's what that's exactly. what we're gonna do Right. And that's to some extent, like that's what traditional, you know, I don't know if traditional is the right word, but like what career agents, you know, um, sort of look at is like companies give you ways of selling life insurance Mm -hmm. to clients. And, you know, this is a supposedly a good way to do it. Well, in our, and this is why we're sharing it is because we think that this is a poor execution of using life insurance. Yeah. Does it build cash value? Yes. It could build way more cash value though. And you could have more death benefit protection. Maybe not in the first initial five to 10 years, but after that. Yeah. And you know, it depends on the company too, that is being used. Like maybe some of these agents do not have the option to structure these things differently. And I mean, that's not our fault. I mean, they, they chose to work there and be a captive agent, you know, so, but it is your fault if you don't educate yourself and you don't do what is in your best interest. Absolutely. Not that, the agent's best interest. And that's why we, I mean, we, th- we feel like not being captive agents is a great thing because we're not married to insurance companies. We don't promote insurance companies. It allows us to work with companies that we see being the best fit for our clients. Exactly. What do we talk about behind closed doors all the time, Kyle? Options. People have different options that fit them. Some people need access to a lot of cash value in their policy right away. Some people don't need that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just meeting the client where they are. What is best for them, not only today, but 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's something the industry seems to get really caught up in is, I mean, now the popular thing is, you know, having a lot of cash value up front is such a bad thing because it hurts you long-term. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but you can't... Very small amount Yeah, you, that you, we're talking about 
if it does. I mean, yeah, minuscule. But you can't, <laughs> you can't broadly paint all this stuff because you don't know the certain client's needs and wants. Exactly. I mean, what if that client is starting this? But like us, we we're actively. I mean, very. I mean, we're going to derive a lot of our income from farming and ranching. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we structured policies for high cash value was because we were going to need access to some of that capital to use in our farming and ranching business. Which I believe then also allows you to start bigger policies because you have more access to that capital that you paid in. Sure. Which in the long run, I mean, the bigger the policy you can start, the better off you're going to be. Absolutely. So, I mean... That's, I just don't get why there's so much hate for that. I mean, if, if you can start a bigger policy um, because you have more cash value up front, I mean, I think that's a no-brainer. So Well, and, and two, isn't um, – you can listen to a number of people talk about infinite banking, bank on yourself, um, you know, all these things. And what does almost everybody try to get across, Kyle? We know better than everybody else. We know better than everybody else. If you want a policy designed right, you have to come to us. <laughs> and then uh, they also go on saying, looking at policies that have been enforced for those clients for years, 5, 10, 15 years, maybe even longer. Well, we could have done this better, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, but you don't know what that person's... Uh, situation was at that point in time yeah that person might even not even remember what their situation was at that point in time yeah it's pretty hard to like go back and say oh yeah we could have done a much better job for you if especially you haven't talked to that agent you don't know what his perspective was during that time so (laughs) maybe at that point in time they truly did need all the death benefit protection that an all-base policy gave them yeah and that was their focus which is fine if if you haven't come across the infinite banking concept, it still makes sense to do policies that have an all-base premium. Sure. There's just a delayed time until you, you know, have that gratification or that cash value accumulating that you you have access to. Yeah. Um, and that's Kyle and I, you know, we we de- we debate this between ourselves all the time. And it's come up many times about how, you know, we'll have policies that have a much larger base premium in the future. It just right now is not a fit for us where we're at now. Yeah. And I don't think that that's short-sighted either. I mean, I don't think to start with, um, you know, higher split policies up front to get that cash value when cash, when your cash, um, when the amount of cash you have is low. I mean, so you can, you know, you can pay those big premiums. Like I couldn't be paying the premiums I'm paying right now. if I wouldn't have, you know, decent amount of access to that, to that initially. So. Yeah. And, and even though you've paid, <clears throat> excuse me, even though you've paid your premiums in full, um, it's still nice to have the option of not being committed to what is a significant amount of, you know, your income throughout the year Yeah, that has to go to a policy. Yeah. You have the option of, you know, if, if that is too much in a certain year, you can back it down. And without any trouble, bring it right back up. Yeah, maybe you have the opportunity to backfill if you have a sure a better year. That's a that is a huge selling point for me. Um, 
on some of these different insurance carriers that allow that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the moral of the whole story is not everybody's going to have the same exact design policy. There's not one size fits all for anybody for anything. And there's also no point in getting caught in the hoopla of arguing and bickering about, well, I'm the only one who knows how to design a policy. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly annoying. And like, I, I mean, if you're an outsider kind of getting in to it now and you see all these people, Oh, I'm, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. <laughs> It'd be a turnoff, I think. Yeah. And, and, and two, it's not to say that those people don't have a lot to offer to their clients. That's not what we're saying. It's just, the fact of saying that I am the only one that can yeah. do this correctly is just nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, I know we strayed off of the topic. Um, the, the policy was just to give you guys some actual um, numbers perspective, actual policy illustration, you know, of what somebody was looking at. And what we, we believe is not well executed, but it could have a place, you know, and that's sure. what we were talking about where if you absolutely need this amount of death benefit, yeah, that, that can be a real, um, real good option for you. Sure. So, um, that's about all I got, Kyle. How about you? Yeah. I think this is an informative podcast and I think it's helpful for people to actually hear some, you know, some real policy about real policies and options and things along those lines yeah stuff that people are actually seeing yeah and so we'll we'll plan on doing a few more of these and you know to kind of just help relate to you guys a little more yeah absolutely well that's all i got kyle so all right thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys next week this was the cash value solutions podcast remember to subscribe rate and review the show check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com and don't forget to tune in next week